0: Genesis chapter 26, and we will read from verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Praise be to God, I'm really smiling at this because when the Holy Spirit told me to stop here, it really touched my spirit as to what God is going to speak to us, the revelation that the Spirit of God is giving to us is very precious today. Verse 2 talks about the divine direction, divine guidance that comes from God Almighty divine guidance that comes from God Almighty in the lives of God's people in order to bring divine restoration. When God wants to restore something in your life, God will guide you towards that restoration. When God wants to do something in your life, God will lead you towards That restoration. God Almighty, He leads us. God Almighty, He will lead you. God Almighty, He will lead me. In this month of February and beyond, we need to hold on to the scripture. Whatever way God wants to bring restoration in our lives, which the Lord has promised, there's no question about it, God will lead us. He will lead us in the paths of righteousness into the place of restoration. I want to repeat. God will lead us in the paths of righteousness and He will will lead us into the place of restoration. I want to say it again. God will lead us in the paths of righteousness And into the place of restoration. Restoration itself is a place. Restoration is a place where God brings his people to. And it is there God restores everything. God brings us into a season of restoration. God brings us into a place of restoration. And the path is righteousness. Write this down. God brings us into the Season. He brings us into the season of restoration. He brings us into the place of restoration. And the path to it is righteousness. Without righteousness, the work of restoration will not take place. In order to go to the place of restoration, we need to walk in the paths of righteousness. And guess who leads us? God leads us. It is his path, and he goes before us. He goes before us. He goes before us. So in the path of righteousness, he takes us, we follow him, and he leads us to a place of restoration. Our God is very faithful. When it came to Isaac, God led Abraham, and now God is leading Isaac, and God is bringing Isaac through a path. What kind of a path Is it? It's the paths of righteousness. We're going to see how God led Isaac through his paths of righteousness. The paths of righteousness is a path of faith. Write this down. Righteousness equals faith in the righteous one. We cannot have his righteousness if we don't have faith. In his righteousness. When we have faith in his righteousness, we put on the garment of righteousness and it's important that we don't take it off. It's important we don't defile it. Righteousness, the paths of righteousness is the path of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight where in the paths of righteousness, which is the path of faith. So, God called Abraham to walk in the paths of righteousness, in the path of faith. And now God has called Isaac, we saw yesterday, to walk in the footsteps of Abraham, which is the path of righteousness, and again, the path of faith. Abraham walked, Isaac is walking now. And as he walked, he came to the place where God wanted him to. And then there's a famine there. While he is in the place that God is, God had called him to, God appeared to Isaac. Why? Why did God appear to Isaac? God didn't appear to Isaac just to show himself as God, because God is God. When God appears, we will all know that it is God, that he is the Lord. He doesn't have to advertise his nature. We will know when we have an encounter with God. But there is a purpose to God's visitation. God comes to Isaac with a message. God comes to Isaac to show Isaac his ways and to tell Isaac of his plan write this down, when God comes to you he will come to you to show his ways and to establish his plan that he has for you when God came to Abraham God came to Abraham to show Abraham his ways his ways were marvelous ways where God told Abraham, Abraham You don't have to be in this place because I have a better place for you. Anytime God calls us out of something, we have to understand, he's calling us out of something that is not good for us to take us to something, to take us to somewhere, a place that God has prepared for us. God will take you to a place, a place That has been prepared for you. God never leads us in a random manner. Well, today I think you go to Goshen and tomorrow I'll take you to Monroe and, and day after tomorrow, halfway through, I'll tell you just turn this way because I don't feel good about this place. And no, God thinks through everything. He knows everything. He is the best planner. He plans everything for his people. He mocks The paths of his people. He orders the steps of his righteous servants. Each one of you. God orders your steps when you give your way, give your life to God and give your paths to God and say, Lord, you lead me and I will walk in the paths of righteousness so that I can come to the place of restoration. Restoration itself, is a place. Place of restoration where God does His work of restoration there. So He has to bring us to there, to that place, and there He will bless us. There He will prosper us. There He will heal us. There He will provide for us. There He will wipe all our tears away. So, in this year of restoration... The work of God, God wants to accomplish, God wants to accomplish it in you and through you, for you, by leading you. So today's focus that the Spirit of the Lord is bringing to us today is God will lead you in His paths of righteousness. If the enemy brings any kind of doubt saying that, I don't know, you know, if I'm going to last, I don't know how long I'm going to be, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk in this christian path or christian walk tell that devil get out in jesus name because god has promised to lead me in this new year god has promised me to lead me in this new month god has promised me to lead me for the rest of my life where will he lead you he will lead you in the paths of righteousness to a place of restoration He will bring you to that place and there he will nourish you. There he will flourish you. There. And you call that spiritual Canaan. It's called your spiritual Canaan. Your spiritual Canaan is a place where God will flourish you. You need to walk in the paths of righteousness and he will lead you. So. God appears to Isaac and he says, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. He says, Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. What is God doing here? God is being Isaac's wonderful counselor. God is giving Isaac his counsel. He's telling Isaac, well, he could have just sat somewhere and he could have just said, let Isaac do whatever he wants to do. Isaac must have prayed. Isaac must have sought the Lord. He was a man of prayer. Isaac would have said, Lord, I don't know. There's a famine here. What do you want me to do? I don't know, Lord. Because it was God who called him. And he heard the call of God and he was also walking in the footsteps of Abraham. God came to Isaac and he said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. See, the sentence Then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, is a very powerful sentence. Isaac's life drew God to where Isaac was. Isaac's desire for God and his desire to obey God got the creator of heavens and the earth involved in Isaac's life. Because his dad was a man who kept his covenant with God. Now Isaac is also walking in the footsteps of his father to keep his covenant with God. Not only his father's covenant, but his covenant with God. So God is saying this, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you. So when God says, God says over here, do not go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Just stay here and I shall tell you. So go here or don't go here is a direction that comes from God. We must really be careful to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, go here, we go. When he says, don't go, don't go. Even if it looks contrary to human wisdom appears contrary to human wisdom we must be very keen on obeying god because he is all wise when the counsel comes from the wonderful counselor we should just take it and simply do it even when it doesn't make sense god is speaking to us today in order for god to prosper you god will give you specific directions this year very specific ones In order for God to do a work of restoration in your life, God will lead you in his paths of righteousness. In order for you to walk in the paths of righteousness, he will show you, he will tell you, he will direct you. So in Isaac's case, God appeared to Isaac and he's talking to him. He's telling him, don't go to Egypt, Isaac, but stay right here. And he says, I will be with you and bless you. When God directs us and we follow him, he will be with us. He will take us into a place of restoration. And there God will bless us. And there he will give us all that he has promised. And there all that the locust has eaten, God will restore it back to us. Now, understand what God is speaking to us today, He will lead us. He will say, don't go, and He will say, stay. We have to understand, when the Spirit of the Lord gives us a command, that command carries the promise, and those of us who receive the command from God, when we obey the command of God, we inherit the promise that God has given to us. By faith, because our faith shows itself in action. Now, let's just go here. and From here, today's word from the Lord is, God will lead you. He will speak to you. He will tell you what you need to do in order for you to get yourself totally restored in every area of your life. God will show you. God will speak to you. So have this assurance in your heart. But today God has spoken that he will lead me He will show me. He will lead me in the paths of righteousness and bring me to that place of restoration. I need to follow him. If he's going to lead you to a place of restoration in the paths of righteousness, then there are places, there are times where his leading will take us to a path, take us through a path of testing where our faith will be put to test. When our faith is put to test, if our faith is not where it should be, then unbelief will be seen, fear will be seen, and based on that fear and unbelief, our behavior will be. So when you're afraid, you speak a certain way, you act a certain way. When you have faith, you speak a certain way, you act a certain way. So when the place of testing comes in your life, your action will show whether you have faith or whether you have fear. That's why testing is important because when it shows your lack, it'll help you to focus on that area, pray and receive strength from God so that that area can become a strong area in your life. So Isaac was uh, met by God Almighty and he is uh, directed by God Almighty to stay there and look at this, the promise that God gave to Isaac over here. He says, stay here. And I'll be with you and I'll bless you. For you, for to you and your descendants, I'll give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will um, make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens. I will give to your descendants all these things. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because... Abraham obeyed my voice and, I ke- and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So what happened? Isaac heard that, he believed it, and therefore he did not go to Egypt. He stayed there. God blessed him. But before that, we want to see something here. Let's go to verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He listened, he believed, and therefore he obeyed. And the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife, because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she is beautiful to behold. Two types of faith here we have to understand. God has spoken to us before on this, and God wants to speak to us again about this. Isaac had Isaac had grown grown to the place where he had faith to withstand that famine. He had faith that God will somehow provide for him. He had faith that no matter how severe the famine is, I will not go down to Egypt. I will stay here in Gerar. I'm going to be here because God said He will be with me. He'll bless me and He'll multiply me and He will provide for me. He had no doubt that God will be with him and God will bless him, but. At the same time, when it came to a situation where he thought that the people are going to take his wife and that they're going to kill him to take her from him, he did not fully believe in the promise that God gave at that point, even though he believed So his faith was to an extent there where he believed that I'm not going to die in this famine; God will be with me. But when it came to his life where he was threatened, uh, his life is going to come to an end that somebody is going to kill him for his wife, Rebecca. At that point, he gave room to fear. How did this man of faith was able to keep his entire family and his household and everything that he had. He had lots of animals and everything. But when there was a famine, how did he have that faith to withstand that and to stay there, believing in what the Lord said? That's a big faith. But a man who had such a faith, how did he do such a thing like this? We see here that he didn't trust the Lord for his life. If God said that he's going to bless him and his descendants, that means he has to live in order to see his descendants. He has to be alive in order for God to bless him and increase him. But somehow, in that place, he lost focus. Because he lost focus, what did he lose focus? He lost focus the word of God. The promise that God gave. God appeared to him and God spoke to him. Think about it. How many times in your life has God spoken to you? How many times in your life has God given you his word? How many times in your life God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you. When God comes and tells us something, that means he sees that either we are afraid or we're going to be in a circumstance where it's going to be scary. But he says, I'm with you. I will be with you. Don't be afraid. That shows how compassionate he is, how much he's concerned for our need. But Isaac, who had such faith, and he brought his family in the ways of God, and now even in the midst of severe famine, he's doing what God has told him to do. He had such faith. Suddenly... This thought came to him, and he gave in to that thought. This thought was important to see. Let's read this. Let's read this again. Verse 7. And the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say she is my wife because he thought. Underline the circle, highlight the word Thought. Lest the men of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she is beautiful to behold. Now, nobody threatened him. Nobody was going to actually go and kill him. Nobody talked about that. But there was this thought that came to his mind. Oh, somebody is going to kill. Based on what? The question that they asked about his wife. Who is this girl? And immediately, he said that she is my sister, because he thought, that if I say she is my wife, these men can kill me for Rebecca because she is beautiful to behold. How many times have you given into fear because of the thought that came to your head that you allowed it to enter into your mind? One thought. One thought that Isaac allowed in his head cause him to act out of unbelief based on the fear that entered in because of that one thought he entertained. He didn't say, well, God gave this promise, so nothing is going to happen to my wife. And yeah, she's my wife. He could have said that, but he didn't because the thought came to him where did the thought come from definitely didn't come from God the very same God who came and spoke to him didn't come and say well they're going to do this and so you protect yourself and tell everybody that she's your sister and I'll be with you that's not what God said the very same God who is able to sustain you in famine will he be able to keep you alive when you speak the truth he will he will It's not you keeping yourself alive. It's God who's keeping you alive. It's not you somehow trying to hold on to life. It's God who's holding your life in the palm of his hand. Understand that. No matter what happens, nobody can touch you until you finish what God has for you. If you follow him in the paths of righteousness. So that he can take you to the place of restoration. Where God can restore to you everything that the enemy has taken from your hand. The spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Take this very seriously. Having highs and lows and highs and lows. As a pattern is not a good thing. We don't see this repeat again in Isaac's life. Isaac is growing in faith. Well, we see this dip happen in his graph after a nice high. And Why is that? Because of the thought he entertained in his mind. He thought, the men are going to kill me for my wife. Where did that thought come from? Think about this. Is this from God? That thought was not from God. When God spoke life, and this thought of death comes to Isaac all of a sudden, based on what he saw, is that thought from God? No. If God has promised you life, if God has promised to fulfill his promises in your life, don't give room to the thought that is contrary to what God has spoken to you and about you. It's important. If God has spoken to you, God came and spoke to Isaac. This is why God came and spoke to him. Imagine if God never spoke to him. This is why God came and spoke to him, because God knew something was going to happen, and Isaac was going to be tested. Isaac won in phase one. He passed in phase one. But in phase two, Isaac fails here because... He gave room to the thought that is not from God. He gave room to the fear that is not from God. He gave room to the idea that was foreign to God. Because God said, you're going to live, Isaac. I'm going to be with you. If Isaac has God with him, and God said that Isaac is going to live, how come, how come Isaac can give room to the thought that, wow, I'm going to be killed? No, it's not going to happen. Do you know how the man of faith who trusted God so much to the extent that that severe famine couldn't stop him from trusting God, that he took God's word and he obeyed it and he stayed right there? How did he all of a sudden got so scared that he couldn't say that his wife, was his wife. You now why? Because the enemy shot an arrow. And he didn't have the helmet that he needed to have. My God saves. What is that helmet of salvation? What is that helmet of salvation that God has given to his people? God is my savior. Faith in the saving power of God. No matter where you are. Keep that on. Know that nothing can touch you without the will of the Father in heaven. He is your Savior. God is your Savior. He saves your body, He saves your mind, and He saves your soul. He restores your body, He restores your mind, He restores your soul, He restores your family, He restores your finances. He is the mighty restorer. And He says, I'll be with you. Stay here. I'll be with you. In the midst of the famine, when God's word comes to us, whatever may happen after that, don't take your eyes off of His word. Whatever comes your way, I want to give you a secret here. It's very important, very powerful. It'll help you through the tough times. We'll all face tough times. We're all in this world. And whatever we face, it's important for us to face it using God's principles with God by our side. So God gave Isaac a promise. And now the promise that he is given is being put to test. He passed the first test, which was to stay there. And he stayed. But while he stayed there, now the test is getting a little tougher, so to speak, where like the people are coming to find out about his wife. What do you think he should have done? Why did he fail here? In your life, when a similar test comes, whatever area that may be, not the exact same thing that's happening here. How will you pass the test? There's something that God wants to talk to you about right now. That you can get a pass, 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 a hundred, 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 and be called an overcomer because that's what He's made you to be through the blood of Jesus. But how can you be that overcomer positionally? How can you be that overcomer practically? is something that we need to thoroughly learn and apply in our lives. When God gives you a prophecy, when God gives you a scripture, that you know that this is mine, that God has spoken to me and God has given this to me, it's important for you to keep your eyes on it At all times. Period. All the time. No matter what happens. That's all you look at. Nothing else. No matter what happens. The promise, the prophecy that God has given. You glue your eyes to that. And not move a second away from that. That's your secret. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. No matter what happens in your life. If God has given you a specific promise, if God has spoken to you very clearly about something, and you see things happening opposite to that, what do you look at? Only the word that God gave you. That's all you look at. Whatever God has spoken to you about, you hold on to that. It has to be a real prophecy though. Make sure you received it from the Lord. Make sure it's from God. Once you know it's from God, make sure you just hold on to it and never let it go. Because it's only those who hold on to his word will actually see the word come to pass in their lives. You need to hold on to his word. So what happened with Isaac? Isaac held on to his word, to the word that God gave. But then suddenly he took his eyes off of the word and he kept his eyes on the problem. God is speaking to the hearts today. When the men came and asked for Rebecca and said, who is this? If he would have kept his eyes on the word, but God said that you're going to live, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to bless your generation, this is how your generation is going to become. The spirit of fear would have had no access to touch his life. He wouldn't have sinned there. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So, his response here was not out of faith. It was out of unbelief. He really thought that he would get killed. At that point, he let doubt come in his heart and his mind, and his behavior was based on what he believed. What did he believe? At that point, he didn't believe in what God said. Do you think that he deliberately said, I'm not believing what? No, he believed in God. But he let fear come in because of letting fear come in, because of entertaining that thought in his mind, what became bigger than the word of God at that point in his life? The lie that the enemy brought overtook every part of his mind. And his behavior came out according to the lie that he believed, which was, surely they're going to kill me. He took his eyes off the word of God. If you want to be an overcomer, be very careful with what you let in your mind. If you want to inherit what God has given to you, if you want to walk in the paths of righteousness, it's a path of faith. The just shall live by faith. That you don't look at your circumstance at all. Believe with all your heart that God will restore you. He will restore to you all that the locust has eaten, everything. Is he almighty? He is almighty. Can he do this for you? Yes, he can. Does he want to do this for you? Yes, he can. Does he care about you? Oh, yes, sure. He cares about you. So why is it that we believe that, okay, this is not for me? Why do we believe the lieth enemy? After believing when God speaks something to you're all excited oh yes yes Lord yes God has spoken something remember the word that God has spoken will be tested in your life that's where you need to pass the test by keeping your eyes on what God has spoken not wavering at all Abraham went through this but then he grew in faith never made this mistake same mistake Isaac makes but Abraham came to a point where he never wavered in his faith Isaac, too, came to a place where he never wavered in his faith. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. If you want to live an overcoming life, if you want to see God restore to you that which the enemy has stolen, don't give any room for the enemy to bring any thought that is not of God. Satan is not going to bring in thought that's from God. Only the Holy Spirit does. The evil spirit brings lies, fear, fear. When you give room to that thought, then you know what happens? Fear grips your heart. First thing was, oh, the people are going to kill. Kill me. But when he entertained that thought, fear gripped his heart. So out of fear, he is speaking whatever he was speaking at that time. Never give in to fear and never react out of fear. Your actions, your behavior should be as a result of your faith in God and what God has promised to you. You See here, it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously she is your wife, so how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. What happened over here? What happened Isaac? You listened to the Lord, you believed in his word, and you didn't move out of here, but what happened to you all of a sudden? He got scared. Of the people. He got scared. Of Abimelech. He got scared. He wasn't scared about the famine. He got scared of the people. We need to have faith. In every situation. Having faith in one area is good. You need to transfer that faith. In every area of your life. You know this illustration. Comes to me. That God wants me to. um Share with you. Which is, you know, in um, um, when I was teaching Samuel, I used to put a cup in, you know, in front of him. I should do uh, apply be- applied behavioral analysis with him, and I used to put a cup in front of him, and I used to say, Samuel, touch cup, touch cup, so he will touch cup. But then when I put a spoon, and I say touch spoon, touch spoon, he will touch spoon, but then when I put a cup and spoon together and say touch cup, he will not be able to transfer what he studied. It was a big issue where he was not able to get the concept that this is cup and this is spoon. Well, God did a miracle, and God gave a breakthrough in that miraculously, where he was able to understand this is cup and this is spoon. That's a miracle, totally from God, because ABA didn't work for him. No matter what others may claim, I've done ABA with him. He needed healing here. And Jesus came through in that area. So now after you get that cup, and you know, okay, this is cup, you need to be able to transfer that to pictures. You need to be able to generalize that cup in every area. So if you see a picture cup, you need to know this is cup two. You need to see a, if you see a paper cup, you need to know this is cup two. You need to see a glass cup, you need to know this is cup two. Generalization. You can be good at identifying all kinds of cups, but if you're not able to transfer that to the paper cup, or the paper form, or the drawing, I should say, of the cup, and you don't know what it is, there's a problem there. And that's how it is with many people. They're able to believe God in one area. Oh, Lord, I can do this, and through you I will do this, and, and all kinds of things. I'll go to Africa, I'll go to Asia, I'll go here, there, everywhere. But when it comes to things that happen like that specific areas all of a sudden you feel you see them just go down so fast what has happened the faith that they had in that area they're not able to transfer that faith to the next area the faith that they had for one thing they're not able to transfer that faith into other things I'm going to pray for you tonight for that for God to give you a breakthrough in that Jesus called Peter and his disciples, oh, you have little faith. You know why? I spoke on this before, but God wants me to say it again, so I will. Because they had faith. It's not like they had no faith. They had little faith. What was that little faith enough for? To shake Jesus and wake him up and say, Jesus, wake up and do something. About it"? they knew that Jesus had the power. They knew that if Jesus would wake up, then they'd be safe. They didn't have the faith that if Jesus is sleeping, we'll still be safe. This is where God wants to grow you. From one kind of faith to the other. Well, you don't want to be limited, have limited faith and be happy over it. Hey, I can identify cup. Object identification. But when it comes to paper, drawings, picture. When you're not able to transfer that. You need a breakthrough. You need to trust God in every situation. No matter how it may appear. Isn't God the same? Was he able to help you at that time there? Did he, did he heal you of whatever that was there before? So what happened now? Why are we letting discouragement to come in? How come we listen to the voice of the enemy? That thought. That thought. We need to have that thought under subjection. God's word says, every thought that rises itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, what God has spoken, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. We have the power for that. How can you bring that thought down? How can you bring that thought as captive? How can you really smash that? And bring it down to nothing. How? Only thing you need to do. Throw the word of God, the promise of God that God has given right over that voice of the enemy. Throw it. You'll just bring that down to nothing. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to so the pulling down of strongholds How do you, how do you, how do you pull down the strongholds of the enemy? How? How? by saying that, well, I have the strength and I can, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Satan is not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your words. He's not afraid of me. He's not afraid of my words. If I don't have Jesus inside of me. But if I have Jesus inside of me, and he has spoken to me, just like how he talked with Isaac, and he's given me his word. What am I doing listening to that thought that is not of God? When that thought comes to you, Quench that fiery darts of the enemy with what? With a shield of faith. What is it? How do you use that shield of faith? Somebody can say, well, I wish I had a big shield. I can just hide behind it right now. I don't have anything. So I don't know how to really apply the word of God. Yes, you won't know. If you're not walking with God, you won't know. Take the word of God. Place it before you. Take the word of God. Throw it on the enemy. That's bigger than any, any weapon. Sword. Shield. It's all interchangeable. Understand. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. The shield of faith is what? It's still your faith in what? The word of God. Everything Mm -hmm. comes to the word of God. The sword is the word of God. If you don't have faith, then it's no good. You need to have faith in what God has spoken and use that faith against the enemy. If you don't use it, there's no connection there. The connection that needs to be made with that object cup to that paper drawing of a cup is a work of the Holy Spirit. You need to be able to transfer your faith from one level to the other. From one situation to the other. Instead of being a person of faith who has that faith so small. In certain situations, yes, I have. You know, some people, when it comes to other people's problems, they'll have big faith. that saying God can do it, and yes, and this and that, and I know my God is able, And and let me tell you, Let that very same thing come to them, see how they will react. All of a sudden, that lion will become a little mouse. All of a sudden, why me, Lord? And I don't know why, and I deserve this, you know, the whole thing changes. Where is your faith? So Jesus will say, where is it? Where is it? God is not saying you have no faith. He's asking, where is your faith? Where did you put it? Did you hide it underneath your problem? Is your faith underneath unbelief that it's so buried that all that you can see is unbelief? Where's your faith? How big is your faith? Is it big or is it small? Are you able to believe God for everything, no matter how difficult your situation may be? How big is your faith? Where is it? Where's your faith? Take the word of God. When the enemy comes, he brings a thought. That tries to bring fear, that tries to say, oh, you know what, you're not going to live. Take the word of God, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of God, and throw it on that Satan's head. Let it crush that serpent's head. That's how you do it. And when the enemy bring any thought, oh, maybe he's thinking about me like this, or she is thinking about, you know, a lot of times the truth is, uh, the other people may not even have a clue of whatever you think that they're thinking about you that you give room to that lying spirit and then you are in a whole pool of tears that the whole world is against me and I am isolated and also demonic. It's a lying spirit. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He cared for Isaac and he came to Isaac and said, Isaac, don't go anywhere. Just stay here. I'll be with you. God is speaking to your hearts today. He says, I care about you. That's why I'm giving you this word. You want to conquer the enemy? Do what I'm teaching you right now. Make sure you have the word of God right in front of you. When that enemy comes with any kind of lie, take that word and say, here you go. Put it right on his head. It'll crush him to the ground. It's better than any weapon. God's word is powerful. Throw it right on his head. Let it just crush the head of the enemy. The word does that. The word of God, when you take that word of God, let me tell you this. The word of God will just stay there if you don't mix your faith with the word of God. So when you take the word of God and mix your faith with the word of God, now it has a power to destroy the powers of darkness. If you don't mix your faith with the word of God, Then the word of God stands and you wonder, why is it not real in my life? Why is it not really happening in my life? It will happen in your life if you mix your faith with God's word. And live a life of obedience. When you live a life of obedience. And when you believe in what God has spoken. And when you place his word right before you and not give any room to the enemy. Not let any thought of the enemy land on your head. But you keep your eyes on what God has spoken, no matter what the enemy may say, show, make you feel, make you think, whatever it is. You keep your eyes fixed on what God has said. God said this. God said he'll be with me. God said I will never leave you nor forsake me. God said that I'll prosper you here. God said in this place I'll bless you. God said that he will lead me through the path of righteousness, to the place of prosperity, to the place of restoration. God said that. Are you willing to believe in what God said? Are you willing to hold on to what God said? Next time when something happens, see how you apply this principle. You consistently apply this principle. No demon from hell, no human on earth can ever disturb your spirit. Can, they can ever Touch the joy that God has put inside of you. No human. No demon. No one can ever touch the peace of God that God has given to you. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Your grace is enough. Your strength is enough. Your love is enough. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I come to you, oh Jesus. There's no one else. There's no one else. There's no one else like you. There's no one else. There's no one else. There's no one else else beside you. Oh, there's nothing, Lord, I desire beside you. No one can compare to you. Hallelujah. And so we come to you at this hour, Father. And we just lay ourselves at this altar of God. And we say, Father, have your way. Father, have your way. Father, have your way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you at this hour. But God will help you to make that transfer of faith from one situation to the other. God will help you to make that connection. That comes from the working of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That you'll be able to understand what God is speaking. And you'll be able to apply what God has spoken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God will lead you in the paths of righteousness. And he'll bring you to a place of restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will lead you in the paths of righteousness to bring you to a place of restoration. Hallelujah. There's no restoration without walking in righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, at this time. I bring your precious people before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And I ask you to touch them, Lord, at this hour ori beheh saallu beheh Oh, Jesus, 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 भरी Jesus, 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 Spirit, touch your people right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as your servant standing in the presence of God before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, O Spirit of the Living God, break every chain right now in Jesus' name. And I command every demonic oppression of the enemy to be lifted off of your people right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every darkness, every oppression, every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus, be shattered by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I come against every spirit of discouragement in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I come against every spirit of hopelessness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus. Father, touch your people right now. In the name of Jesus, every shackle of discouragement may be broken in Jesus' name. Every shackle of fear be broken in Jesus' name. Every shackle of hopelessness be broken in Jesus' name. May faith arise in the name of Jesus. May strength arise in the name of Jesus. May hope arise in the name of Jesus. Christ of Nazareth. And I ask you Father that your power may rest upon your people. Let your power fall upon your people in the name of Jesus to be able to transfer their faith oh Lord from one situation to the other in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in every form of disconnect in faith in their lives be broken in Jesus name. Every spiritual disconnection every demonic disconnect of faith in the name of Jesus be broken right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy Spirit, touch your people. Holy Spirit, touch your people. Holy Spirit, touch your people. May the transforming power of the Lord God Almighty, touch your people right now in Jesus' name. Break every chain in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let your spirit overflow in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit overflow in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit overflow in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Father, 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 in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, revive the spirits of your people right now in Jesus name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth strengthen your people Lord in Jesus name wherever they are weak oh father in the name of Jesus may the strength of the almighty God grip them right now in Jesus name thank you father let me lay hold of your word, O oh Lord. In Jesus name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Strengthen the hands of your people. Strengthen the legs of your people. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let your word dominate their minds. Let your word dominate their spirits. Let your word dominate their souls. Let your word dominate their beings. In the name of Jesus. Let your word dominate their circumstances. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. but touch your people right now. In Jesus name. Touch your people right now. In Jesus name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, spirit of the living God, in the name of Jesus, I come against every form of wavering mind in Jesus name and every form of wavering mindset in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I curse the works of darkness in Jesus name. Oh, the spirits of darkness that are causing these wavering minds. I curse those in Jesus name in the name of Jesus. Every form of mental instability. I curse you in Jesus name every form of spiritual instability. I curse you in Jesus name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Spirit of the living God, touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people. Let darkness depart from this house of God in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every form of darkness and every humiliating spirit, I curse you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And I command you to leave the people of God in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, Holy Spirit, touch your people. Touch your people. Strengthen your people, Father. You become their strength, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. You become their strength, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Give room for the Spirit of God to work in you right now. Give room for the Spirit of God to work in you right now. Thank you, Father. Take some time in the presence of God. And wherever repentance is necessary, repent before the Almighty God. Wherever you allow unbelief to come into your life, wherever you allow the enemy to touch your thought life, repent where repentance is necessary. If you want God to restore His mercies upon you, if you want God to restore his work in your life, if you want God to do his work of restoration in your life, wherever you see God bring before you words of unbelief, confess that before God, repent before God, tell the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to look at the winds and the waves. I'm not going to look at what's around me. Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Jesus, hallelujah. Repent where repentance is necessary. Wherever, wherever you slipped and you put your foot out of the paths of righteousness, Confess that before God and repent and mend your ways before the living God. If you want God to do His work of restoration, you must be on point with God. You must walk in the paths of righteousness. In order for you to go to a place of restoration, you must walk in the paths of righteousness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Take some time. Take some time in the presence of God and give yourself over to the Lord and tell the Lord, Oh, Spirit of the living God, wash me clean. Not just a confession, but you need to have repentance. Confession And mere confession is not necessary. It's not going to do much in your life. You need to confess and repent. You need to forsake your sin. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Forsake the sin of unbelief. Forsake the sin of unbelief. Thank you, Father. Forsake the sin of entertaining thoughts of unbelief. Forsake the sin of entertaining thoughts that are from Satan. Thank you, Father. Forsake the sin of taking your eyes off of the Word of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Also, repent for speaking Satan's language. Repent for speaking Satan's language. Words of unbelief. Oh, he's going to kill me. Oh, because of this, he's going to kill me. Those were not God's words. God didn't say that. Satan said that. And Isaac repeated what the enemy said in his mind. There are times in your life where you spoke the words of the enemy. Whatever Satan said, you spoke about your future. You spoke about your family. You spoke about your children. You spoke about your finances. You spoke about whatever God spoke. Opposite to what God spoke, you spoke. Listening to the voice of the enemy. Repent. Repent you spoke about your spiritual life you spoke opposite to what God had spoken ask the Lord to forgive you and repent and, and make a commitment right now in the presence of God that I'm never going to toy in this area I'm never going to play in this area I'm never going to toy with this sin of unbelief I'm never going to go into this area of entertaining the voice of the enemy thank you heavenly father thank you Jesus thank you Jesus take some time take some time in the presence of God thank you father Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, oh, praise you. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, 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 Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this glorious month of February. Thank you for all that you've done thus far. And thank you for all that you're gonna do. Oh, my precious Savior, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You never fail. You've never failed us. You can never fail us, oh Father. Thank you, Lord. You lead us in the paths of righteousness. You yourself will lead us. You yourself will lead us. And you are the one who is leading us. Hallelujah. Let no other voice lead us, O Lord. Let no one allow any other voice other than the voice of the Holy Spirit to dictate their thinking, to dictate their language, to dictate their confession, and to dictate their behavior. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank Thank you, Jesus. 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 Cover your people with your precious blood, O Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let your work of restoration begin in the lives of your people. May your people see the work of the restoration, God's restoration taking place in their marriages, in their families, in their finances, all in their soul, in their bodies, at their workplaces, in the name of Jesus, all the areas that Satan has touched. May your people see the work of God Almighty, the restorative work of God Almighty taking place oh Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus, 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 hallelujah. Who has despised the day of small beginnings? Thank you Jesus. Who has despised the day of small beginnings? Hallelujah. The work of God, the restorative work of God, when it begins it may look small, don't despise it. Don't look at what's not done and miss out on what God is doing. Some people are never content. Instead of thanking God for what God is doing, they'll be constantly looking at what's not done and complain. Don't do that. They'll grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't despise what God is doing right now. It may appear small. It may look like small beginnings, but it's leading towards something big. One stone upon another. Hallelujah. That's how a good house is built. Don't despise the beginning work of God in your life. Don't give room to discontentment. It's a very demonic spirit. Thank God for what God is doing. And expect God to do greater things by keeping your eyes on the promises of God, the prophecies that God has given. No matter what happens, speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusts in thee thank you father as your servant standing in the presence of God before the throne of God according to the power and authority given to me by the almighty God I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with that they may lay hold of this great promise that you have given oh father as you blessed Isaac, you'll bless your people. As you restore to Isaac, you'll restore to your people. As you bless Abraham in all things, you'll bless your people in all things. May they walk in the paths of righteousness, following the leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. And come to a place of restoration where he himself will restore. Hallelujah. With this blessing, I bless them with that their faith may go to a new level, where your people may be able to believe you for everything in every situation. And I thank you for doing this. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for the release of your blessing, Lord, to cause us to leave every wavering lifestyle and thinking patterns, Lord, to be just believe in the living God. You said only believe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and magnify your name, Lord. Continue to lead us, Lord, to the realm, Lord, that you want us to live in. More and more of the supernatural. We thank you, Father. We yield ourselves to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we praise you for the miracles. We thank you for the more things, for more things that you want to do in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness in Jesus' precious name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
0: Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face-to-face, amen, amen.